What's wrong? Are you okay? Actually, I'm not okay. Matt, no! I am trying to have a serious conversation with you right now. good. What is this? Are you trying to trick me? Wait, just wait. When's it get good? What's up there, little homie? About ready to do this? Yeah, man, I'm ready. In this world, if you can't swim, you found the dressing. And if you fall, you better pick your punk ass up. That's right. And the rest of y'all. One that they're ready? Don't cut him no slack. Hey, break yo! You're going nowhere! What? I got you for three minutes! Three minutes of heat time! They got no backup here. I'm calling Veronica. Veronica, give me a hand. Got food, get busy. Three. It's clobbering time. Alright, hey there, hello, and welcome back. This is the Dallas Podcast. We're kind of just riffing today. It is myself, the elder, as always. Also joined by uh, the daddy dungeon master, Danny. Hello. And we also have uh, not just your dad, not just my dad, everybody's dad, Jose the dad. Hello. Don't touch the thermostat. (laughs) That's some real shit, dude. Today's episode is brought to you by the When We Were Young Festival. Hey, you know, we could probably start (laughs) off with that. So tickets went on pre-sale for the When We Were Young Festival. And basically it's like everybody who listened to like emo and screamo in like the 2000s, uh, mid-2000s. Pretty much. It's just going to be basically like Warp Tour with, well Warp Tour because Warp Tour at the end was just nothing but emo and fucking screamo bands. There is a school of thought that believes that because of like the, the amassed group of bands that are playing, it's actually a scam. Because tickets themselves, I believe, are like $450. And then there's like multiple tiers for the festival anyway, because it's like a flight, um, VIP experiences or whatever, uh, hotels. It's so funny, dude. Um, I, I looked into it and it was like 225 for a basic ticket. And then like the VIP jumped up to like 400 Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, well, what do I get with the VIP? Do I get to meet some bands or something? And it's like access to air conditioned bathrooms. <laughs> What? Not even joking. That's thing. That's like uh, part of the VIP experience. Otherwise, you're probably like going to be stuck in porta potties. Because we looked into it too. We definitely did. And um, because really, like for me, I wasn't like outright into that genre. Like I was a punk kid. I listened to fucking punk, you know. And that was, you know, like totally anti emo and whatever. But before I got into the genre of punk. I was into, like, I wrote a fine line of, like, kind of indie fan. A lot of these bands were on the come up. It was, like, My Chemical Romance, The Used, Fall Out Boy, who weren't, like, at that festival, but, you know. Actually, two of those are. No, yeah, The Used and and My Chemical Romance. Yeah. um, Which I'll get to. Oh, you meant the third one wasn't. Like, I wrote a fine line of, like, kind of indie, kind of just, like, uh, alternative rock or whatever. And then with, like, the group of guys that I ran with, it was like, no, like, you can't like anything else. Like, albeit, I listened to fucking rap, too. But it was like, no, 
you cannot listen to fucking anything else unless it's fucking punk or if it's like something adja- like punk adjacent, maybe like metal. Or uh, like, which, yeah, I'm still I, like, I, but I genuinely, I genuinely like like metal and like death metal. That's what I listened to like in fucking sixth grade. Like a lot of these other bands, I didn't like them because of influence. And now that I'm older, because they were a part of like my general age group, it's kind of more like a nostalgia thing for me. But it's like, yeah. I want to, like, I would love to go and see My Chemical Romance now and the use, but. I'm honestly a little bit upset about this show because My Chemical Romance is going to be there. I bought tickets when they announced them, like when they're on their original comeback. Yeah. For October of 2020. We didn't even get a chance. They, that that initial run. Yeah, they sold out quick. They sold out like within I to, minutes or something. Me and my girlfriend, we got tickets for the October 2020 show. That's pushed back to like most likely 2023 at this point. They're going to be at this show. 2022. Even um, I wouldn't be surprised if they pushed would, it back again, though. I honestly, but we've talked about it, too. If we could just see My Chemical Romance, by, I mean, I'm sure they'll have some cool bands like follow them, but um, or open for them, I should say. But um, I'd love to go see them either way, you know? Yeah, I looked into it previously, and I, at least as of like a few months ago, the concert that he was planning to go to was scheduled for October 2022, and the tickets weren't that bad, and then I, they just announced that they're headlining Aftershock this mm-hmm. year, so I mean, that's probably the better alternative. But like, I pulled up the list here, so general admission was 225 mm-hmm. and it says what you get included was performances all day on multiple stages, food choice from regional and local vendors, Bars, concessions, official band merch, festival merch, free water stations, and more. The next list bumps up. That's general admission. General admission plus bumps up from 225 to 400. And the additions are air-conditioned restrooms and dedicated entry lane at main entrance. You're paying an extra 200 bucks. Hey, I'll tell you, there's nothing worse than a hot porta potty dude. That's fair. <laughs> That's Jesus fair, Christ. but I mean, two hundred bucks as opposed to, or I mean, per in comparison individual. to, yeah. Well, so that's where I got the four fifty was uh, general like two, yeah for yeah yeah, and then VIP five twenty per ticket. Jeez, and everything previously mentioned. The only addition you're a VIP, you get the added benefit of charging stations. <laughs> and, and there it is there it is so um, i mean yeah it's kind of like wait what was that other one uh, there's a vip cabana which is just like a fancy like get 10 people and you all pay for it and you pay like twelve thousand dollars basically wow. a, a bungalow and then there's like the hotel and uh and ticket packages but they don't list any of the major casinos or hotels that they're partnered with. No, they don't. So I noticed that as well. It's kind of like they said, oh, they're probably hotel on the in a motel six or something. It says hotel on the. That's that's hope aiming too high. <laughs> that's aiming too high. <laughs> <laughs> you get a cardboard box in that alley. You get a cardboard box in that alley. We're gonna stack a bunch of them together. Call it a hotel. <laughs> so I'm gonna just come out and say it. The reason I didn't actively pursue tickets as much as I maybe wanted to initially was it's given me some. Mad Fire Festival vibes. Okay, it doesn't seem so. the most well organized. I saw that and I'm like, I don't want to be like. I mean, it's not on an island like Fire Festival was, but uh, yeah, I'm better off just maybe aiming for Aftershock if that. But I mean, the lineup. 
the lineup was tempting. That's, I mean, everyone was like, My Chemical Romance. I mean, if you like this kind of music, you probably already saw the lineup if you're listening and you're like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. But, I mean, a lot of these bands were huge back then. A Day to Remember, Jimmy Eat World. They even got 303 on there, and I was like, man, 303's on there? This dude, I I follow his channel on um, YouTube. He's called The Punk Rock NBA, and he does, like, a lot of, um, like, very in-depth breakdowns of, like, just... um, not punk specifically. I mean, he does get into punk, but he does like a lot of just like rock adjacent. He had either a, it was a post or it was a video though, what I was looking for. And, um, he did break down like what was going on with this, uh, festival. And I don't know, it it just sounds like too good to be true to have like all these bands and, you know, everything that's going on in a quality festival. And he breaks down why it sounds like it could be a scam and it basically is something like that the idea of like a fire festival sort of thing you know and that's what i'm curious about to see how it turns out i hadn't even like i'd seen like glimpses of it but i'd never actually looked at every single individual band in the lineup yeah and even like looking at it right now i'm like damn did i fuck up they also got senses fail it's like silverstein Silverstein, hawthorne heights dude i'm like Um, man all these guys hawthorne heights wasn't as well known as i thought they were i thought everyone knew hawthorne heights but hawthorne heights i actually just now heard about them hawthorne heights was like a um like a one and done kind of band but they were like some of the most emo motherfuckers so at the time there was a label called Victory Label or Victory Records. Victory Label, I'll edit that shit out. <laughs> I think it was it was Victory Records, but it was like a really prominent, like hardcore, screamo, emo kind of like this label, you know? And it had like a lot of heavies fucking on it. That's how I found out about Hawthorne Heights, but Hawthorne Heights really only had like one, one good song, which insert clip of the song here, but... It's that uh, Ohio is for lovers. Ohio is for lovers. Uh, um, Nikki FM. That album was pretty good. So I, yeah, and again, I have a lot of friends who like were into that general scene at the time, and they were like, "Yeah, like this is my shit." It's similar to like uh, another one that's like that. Uh, Boys like girls. They were huge. Like the Great Escape. That song was huge. It was like a one hit wonder. They had like another couple songs. They did one with Taylor Swift, but they did like two albums, and then no one ever heard from them again yeah and there's like a lot of bands that like quit while they were on top and then you have a lot of bands that are like still releasing music now but you're like come on man what are you doing like well that's like every time i die just fucking split up they've been a, a fucking prominent heavy since i think 98 I only know these facts now because um, the lead guitarist is a professional wrestler, and he's currently in um, All Elite Wrestling right now. Oh, nice! But uh, he is—he's been there. He's been one of the originals of this band now for uh, since their inception. Basically, he had put out a statement in which him and I think the other four band members had—I I really don't know like how much of it. Like how much more of it there is, but I know they had like a really heavy separation and like a falling out with the lead singer. They were like, we're not kicking anybody out. Like if this is it, this is it. Like we will end it because we're not trying to be the type of band that brings in a replacement and then just picks up where we left off and then the group changes or because that's what happens, you know, Uh, you reform bands and it's like now we're going to go this way. 
because you it's know, a real ship of Theseus with the band. Yes, because like, is, is it the same band? Wow, I was just pulling that up right <laughs> now. Like, <laughs> I was about to just bring that up. Is like with the okay, no, but because that poses the really good question of like, uh, was with band members being replaced, is it really the same band? Like, for example, uh, Escape the Fate, they had Ronnie Radke as the original lead singer, and then uh, this other guy from Bless the Fall comes in, Craig Mabbitt, and then eventually the bassist gets replaced i believe because of drug issues and so then it's like okay so now there's like one guy from the original band is it still really the band or is that a whole new band and it's like i don't know it feels kind of tricky there who owns the band is it the people who are in the band or like is it technically the record label but the band existed before the record label do record labels gain the legal rights to the band after they sign them i get what you mean though like for me the closest example that I can use is The Misfits. The Misfits has been around since the 70s, like late 70s, probably. Yeah. Into, but into the early, uh, the 80s, what the fuck am I doing? Into the 80s and the 90s and stuff and so on. But originally, the group was Glenn Danzig, who went on to uh, start Samhain, which turned into Danzig. But uh, they had Glenn Danzig. Um, there was some sort of falling out with him. And for a long time, the band wasn't like on speaking terms, the original members anyway. And then it turned into um, Michael Graves, who is now like super uh, like right wing. <laughs> and uh, That's another fun topic. I can think of a few other former rock people that are like There's a lot of that right. shit going on, dude. A lot of Florida death metal. <laughs> Real fucking, they're fucking all about like fuck liberals. But let's talk about, like, this song's called Chainsaw Guts Fuck. <laughs> but uh, that was just an example. And then from Michael Graves, they went to, uh, I believe, only Jerry Only, who's the bassist, who took up, like, uh, his run of the Misfits. And then they kind of just mended. And uh, now Glenn Danzig is back with them with their uh, somewhat original lineup. Chainsaw Guts Fuck is by The Mayhem. Oh, okay. So there you go. Remember- Fun fact about Mayhem, the lead singer fucking killed himself. There, it's a whole fucking revolving thing. Lords of Chaos, read the book. It's it's cool. There's a movie as well. I don't know about fun fact, but... <laughs> it's, dude, it's interesting. It's super but, interesting. I do remember, like, years ago seeing, like, uh, tour dates and stuff where it's, like, the original Misfits versus, yeah. like, the Misfits that were... I'm like, man, what's going on there? Because yeah. they were, like... That fighting. is how they, they marketed, though. Because then when that, when that initial tour came up... It was like the original Misfits, you know, quote unquote, because it's um, Danzig, Jerry Only, Doyle. And I don't know who they had on drums. That's the one thing that I don't know who they have on drums currently. To circle back around, it's that whole thing of like, where does a band turn into something other than like the original concept, I guess, you know? Because like you could swap out the singer because a lot of people argue like the singer gives a band their identity but like if there's like still the three out of four guys and you're like well we'll just swap out the singer we're still the band but what happens when there's like two or three what if it's just the singer and everyone else is gone is it still like there's just a weird like there's no set guidelines like hey you're still the band uh like acdc you know they they lost bon scott and then but then know. they got brian johnson and Brian Johnson's just as good. Exactly. And then so it like it's you end up with this conundrum of like, man, I don't know if these bands are, are still like the band or like a shell of the band. And it's also preference. It's the way that fans accept like the changes. I think so. Because look at um like Queen is one of my absolute fucking favorite bands. 
And there's a big difference to me between uh, Freddie Mercury. And fucking Adam Lambert. There's a big difference in individual there. Freddie Mercury had a certain edge to him. Like stylistically, Adam Lambert like waters down Queen. It I waters. didn't even know that Adam Lambert took that position in Queen. So there was um, there was another guy who was fronting the band uh, from another older rock band like around the same time um, or from around that same era. I just I don't know if maybe he like he just ran like a short course and that was it. But he didn't stick. But now Adam Lambert fronts Queen. Uh, I don't know if that's permanent or if it's just for certain things, but Adam Lambert, you know, he has performed with Queen quite a bit. And to me, stylistically, it's just two different fucking products. It's something like just totally separate from what, like from Queen, and then now it's like Adam Lambert's Queen. Another big example for fans of the the band Cro-Mags, when you look at shows that come up for Cro-Mags, it'll say like OG Cro-Mags or it'll say like, uh, like John Joseph Cromax, because one of the original singers or one of the singers who has performed with Cromax still performs like as the Cromax, but it'll be like, you know, um, Danny and the Cromax as opposed to like Jose and the Cromax like that. It's, and it's just a fucking thing. They just perform, alternate. perform the same songs. It's just a different singer. It's just a different singer, but because they, they had, um, like a falling out with each other. And because they're still having like this uh, possibly legal battle at the moment, now it's like we have two different bands that are the same band, but it's like, oh, like, do you want to see Danny perform or do you want to see Jose perform? Like, who performs to your liking? Just to circle back on the whole subject of that of the festival, it's for me, it's not a total loss like that I didn't like buy tickets for it or anything because yeah. really I would only want to see like My Chemical Romance and like they used. I wasn't a Paramore fan. Like, I appreciate the, the lead singer. Haley Williams. She sings great, but I'm not a fan of Paramore. I liked the, like, the first two albums, like, when they grew up, got big with Misery Business, and then, like, the album after that. But then it started getting really mainstream. I sound like a fucking hip, uh, what do you call it? They a, got more poppy. Hipster. But they did. No, but it's but. true. Because I do, I, I do remember them... Like from that initial album, that Misery Business uh, album, but because that's what was around at the time. Yeah. In comparison, once they actually did start getting big, yeah, their sound changed. But I feel like a lot of bands easily go through that. I'm looking you know, at you, Brandon Yuri. Panic at the disco. Hey, Brandon. Fucking Brandon Yuri is a great fucking singer, though. Great singer. But he did. But you sold out, man. You sold out. But I, if I meet you in person, I will still. Act like the biggest fangirl like, ever. I love you. I think that happened as well with, well, like I was saying right now, the singer from Fallout Boy. Like, I think he went solo for a while. It went well, though. It wasn't poppy by any means. Mm-hmm. I, it was just like, like, that's me. Because he's a good singer, too. But I think also um, Brandon Flowers from The Killers, I think he went solo as well for a bit. I don't yeah. know that he, it was like a big run, but I think he did some solo shit, too. I think it's just a matter of like... Uh, what bands go through they get more popular they but i mean that shit happens too in the music business yeah, yeah they attract they more followers and they'll be like hey look you beyonce you got these other bitches here we just want you we Fucking, don't need them we don't want carol 
Sandy. Sandy. Listen, Beyonce, we don't want Sasha Fierce. We just want Beyonce. My, my girlfriend actually got mad at me. Because uh, you don't like cause... Beyonce. I don't like her either. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not no. sorry. She no. listens to like Fall Out Boy and Panic at the Disco. Yeah. Including their newer stuff. And I stopped listening once they started getting more poppy. And so I feel like their sounds kind of merge together a bit. Not like they're like the exact same, but I can't tell them apart off the top of my head. I like that nine, that nine in the afternoon song. <laughs> so good. I mixed them up one time and it's she literally, bad. we were in the car and I mixed them up and she literally slams on her brakes, <laughs> looks at me Get the fuck and out. says, what Get did out. you say? Pull the gun out of the glove compartment. <laughs> she might as well have. So look here, motherfucker. <laughs> I might as well have fucking like choked slammed her on fucking but, concrete. <laughs> it's like, you know, I kind of hate your mom. <laughs> I do think they like, you know, because they get bigger and so they want to appeal to more people and then more people means going a little more mainstream. Yeah. And so they, they lose their uh, unique their rock yeah. vibe because like you look at the what's the what's the award show for music? Is it the Grammys? I honestly get them mixed up. All I don't the time. know. I don't know. I, I don't pay attention to them because they're all Grammys. Because I think Emmys are the movies. Yeah. So, so the Grammys. One of the first times I ever tuned in to watch. And you're not it. a real celebrity unless you've gotten slimed. And I'm sitting there True. and I'm I'm waiting for like rock music, right? Because I'm like, oh, this other bullshit. And then I'm like, rock, rock, rock. And then they're like, rock. And then like they list like you two, Blake Shelton. It's like, <laughs> hey, thanks, rock on, dudes. <laughs> <laughs> and the, like le- legit, like, and then no wiggles. And now, like, every year, all hey. I see, like, I don't watch it, but, like, I'll just see, like, the nominees or something pop up in my newsfeed, and it's always, like, best rock album, Imagine Dragons. And you're just like, um, okay. And so, it's like, rock doesn't appeal to the larger base, I think, but, like, that's what makes it, that's its vibe, is, like, anti-mainstream or whatever. Yeah. So, a lot of these bands that find success in that vibe then get pulled into the mainstream and that's how you end up with Panic at the Disco now or some of these bands that go that route. Because you're just like, I mean, hey, you're, you're not singing about hating your life. You found light and now you're happy. I don't, I'm not interested. I imagine in a band, well, like Cro-Mags again, for example, because they still perform live shows like out of smaller venues. Yeah. But uh, I can't imagine being like having a fucking arena tour being BTS and you're like, I fucking hate life. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I can't imagine that because it's like, bro. Yeah, that's fair. What the fuck? Do, what do you hate? My Tesla battery died. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> like, what do you sing about that's fair, you know, yeah. at that point? I feel and, like you have to go the route of like a Maroon 5 where you're just like, she had sex with me and then she left home. Boop, 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 boop. And you're like, <laughs> I still don't forgive Maroon 5. <laughs> <laughs> They're still part of that Super Bowl fiasco. Oh, the when they the were going to play a sweet victory. Bring SpongeBob out for the halftime. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got. Not. Goddamn sicko mode. <laughs> I, I still get enraged when that song comes on. If I hear that song, I fucking leave the room. Is that the same guy that did the fucking Cactus Jack meal? I have no fucking clue, but I hate him. Sicko mode. Oh my God. I just, I, I equate that shit to hearing it like playing Call of Duty and you hear fucking seven-year-olds that are like, sicko mode, let's go. <laughs> and you're like, what? And then just randomly, you're an <laughs> and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> Where is your mother? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. It, it it gets into the uh 
the whole thing we were talking about again where they, they change their sound and stuff because i mean you do and on the other side of the same token i am being a little bit unfair because at the same time how long can you listen to songs about i hate my life like i listen to some of the older stuff i used to listen to and i'm like how the fuck did i listen to this shit it's so cringe but like it sounds good i still like how it sounds and i still know every word but like what's a uh, simple plan uh i'm just a kid I never uh, listened to some one. No. Sorry, <laughs> I was trying to think of their. That was songs. like that was one of like their bigger ones where it's like. When you're spending every day on your own, and here it goes. I'm, just a kid. I'm like 25 years old. I have no business talking about my oh, friends shit. aren't calling me to hang out in the afternoons. <laughs> like, it's it's we're always, at work. God damn it! It's always a shock getting a reminder that you guys are 25. I don't know because I'm like I'm 30 and now I'm like man. Being 25 was so long ago. <laughs> well, I'm 26, but like about to be 27. But like, that's just like the uh, the example. Like, it's I'm like, still on my parents' but the, insurance. But man. the angst, the <laughs> angst is still there. Real no. oh, quick note, though. Sorry, um, before I fucking lose it, I saw uh, a video on Facebook of the Wiggles um, <laughs> a couple months ago, and I realized how old they fucking are. And I'll touch on this in, in a second about like getting old. But I saw a video of the Wiggles. And it really does shock you to see like how they look now. It's funny because now that I think about it, when they were when the Wiggles were around when I was a kid, I have to think these fucking guys were like already thirty. So I saw them and I was like, "What the fuck are these old men doing, dude?" But they have like a young girl with them and stuff. And like one of them retired. They're all like grandfathers, dude. Maybe not. They're probably like dads, uh, you know, just old dads. But one of the guys just obviously couldn't fucking do it anymore, and so he had to fall back. And like they have a new a girl now. But still, I'm like, it's a shock to see shit like that. I was like, yo. Talk about diversity hire. HR told them, dude. <laughs> but um, it, it still it's one of those things like you really don't take into perspective like, okay, but these guys were in their fucking 30s, you know, at the time when they were around. Like I yeah. I started listening to um, uh, a podcast recently. It's called Hawk versus Wolf. It's Jason Ellis and Tony Hawk. And really, they just talk about skateboarding. And I'm like, cool, dude, because I know both these guys from like when yeah. I was skating, you know? Rocket and, Power um, episode with Tony Hawk. With Tony Hawk. Well, Tony Hawk talks about, he's like, what, what people don't take into perspective, because everybody assumes that he had money. He's like, I didn't find success until I was in my 30s, you guys. He was like, Tony, like when the games came out, I was in my early 30s. He was like, there was a point in time, and he talks about it. He was like, I was in my fucking like mid-20s with the family and stuff, and I would cry because I didn't know where the fuck I was going to get money to pay rent. So he actually took up like uh, a, a normal job in editing and shit in like post-production and whatever, uh-huh. you know, so that he can actually make a fucking living to pay bills aside from skateboarding because skateboarding was just this fucking hobby that he had. Yeah. But then it was like when, you know, the whole circulation of like video games and skateboarding and as far as for like the Tony Hawk games, he was like, dude, I was in my early 30s when I actually started making like good money. And then it was, you know, then he became Tony Hawk, you know, yeah. air quotes. Bigger than life, But before Tony. that, he was like, dude, I would fucking like, I would hate to tell like my parents, like, you know, lie to them to their face. Be like, yeah, dude, we're, we're doing great right now. Because he wasn't. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. But I mean, to touch on that Tony Hawk thing a little bit is like, that is one thing a lot of people don't think about is, you know, success stories, uh, how much work gets put into it beforehand. You hear about all these uh, celebrities or like these big personalities whatever how many times you have to like grind and put like all your time and energy into it to get to that level and then a lot of people that want to chase the same path get upset when they don't find that same success in like six months or i think a year. 
I think Bert Kreischer talked about that in an interview as well, or on his podcast anyway. I love that, that man. He didn't find success for the first 10 years of his career or something like that. Or after like 10 years of his, you know, initial like run. Yeah. He was like, if you're, you know, well, as far as like comedy, but I think for anything that you're kind of like still getting into, he was like, if you're getting into like this, that being comedy, um, he was like, for money, he was like, fucking forget about it, dude. You already lost. He was like, I didn't, I didn't gain success. I didn't see the fruits of my labor for like 10 years. And he was like, and then it kind of like turned into a, a realization of like, okay, like this may work. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hey there, guys, real quick. This is the Elder Dadalus, co-host of the Dallas Podcast. Today, I'm here to tell you a little something about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast, and let me go ahead and explain. First of all, it is free. There's no upfront cost. It doesn't cost anything. It's a great way to get started. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Literally, if you're on the go, if you're at school, if you are hiding in the restroom while you're at work, if you're stalking your ex-girlfriend, you can literally make a podcast from anywhere. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other streaming platforms. Hey, great way to get it out, right? You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That means that your Uncle Randy, who was twice removed, can help you make a buck, or a creepy Father John, who you chose to stop talking to for many reasons, can even help you make a buck. It's that simple. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.fm. I hope you guys enjoy it. Let's get back to the show. Only there can it be unmade. It must be taken deep into Mordor and cast back into the fiery chasm from whence it came. One of you must do this. I'll see you later, dickhead! <laughs> dickhead! Priceless! I watched the Lord of the Rings trilogy again. I just rewatched that recently too, but like the extended edition. Beautiful. You know what was like a really like significant loss? Was Boromir? Boromir. Mm-hmm. One does not simply walk into Mordor. And you don't get that in the theatrical. And it's a lot more theatrical. You lose just how much of that is significant. Because if you've never seen the extended editions, I believe it is the second movie when they show Boromir didn't want to go to the council. He, he didn't even want to be stay. there. Oh, he, he didn't. wanted to stay and defend Osgiliath. The city was freshly retaken. And he wanted to defend it. And his dad was like, no, you got to go do this for like the family for the kingdom he's like for me for and my then, for my city he fell to the corruption of the ring it really highlights it, the power of the ring so much more that it would take someone like boromir like there's a specific context to boromir yeah he's like eh, like kind of brash you know kind of just nonchalant he's like i guess i'll i guess you guys could use my services whatever but and then you know he's like well you know the power of the ring you know what i could do with that i could restore the city i could defend my people yeah. You know, I, I can make my dad proud. I could do so much. I feel like he was a very significant loss for uh, that movie. And then a stark contrast to that, because I've been go, I went back and picked back up in the Harry Potter uh, in the book series. Anyway, Same. We've been listening to the audiobook. But then, like the movies, on are, Audible. Yeah, on Audible. Hey, <laughs> Audible, Dallas Podcast. Once again, 
I go back and I compare them to like the movies because movies are constantly on. Yeah, all the time. But then we put them on as well too, like exactly. for just background noise, you know? Yep. I have to say like, there's Boromir who, depending on the context that you see him painted in, is either kind of like an asshole and then redeem himself or is painted as this person who has his head like on one specific uh, idea, like defending his people, you know? Also, you know, kind of falling off because of the influence of the ring and then redeeming himself once again. Being like, you know, I was a fool. Fuck, get out of here. And then he dies. But, uh, you know, also trying to defend uh, Frodo and Sam, yeah. you know, and trying to get them on their way to go destroy the ring. In stark contrast, in a Goblet of Fire, specifically, Floor from Bo Batten's is from Bo Delacour. Such a fucking useless character. <laughs> I have never fucking, like, even in, especially in the book context, yeah. is the most useless fucking character ever. Fucking drops the ball first. She's like, oh, Butterfingers. Fucking yeah. everything. All tasks. She's like dead last and, like, just sucks. And, and you're like, okay, Cedric, I kind of just like the constant. Like the Gary Oak to Harry's Ash. Yeah. Then there's Crumb, and he's kind of there. And I just have to say real quick, fuck you, cursed child, for ruining Cedric as a character. <laughs> Cedric would not become a Death Eater. Fuck you. Oh, yeah. is that what they had? Yeah. yeah. No way. No they, really? they do we'll, some bullshit with the Time Turner, and then we'll, he comes We'll back. circle back yeah. to it, but yeah, go ahead and continue, and then we'll talk but, about um, it. But Crumb is kind of just there. Yeah. Gets knocked out by fucking Barty Crouch Jr., whatever. Admoyingly. Of that whole cast, as far as, like, the tournament, Floor is one of the most useless fucking characters yeah. ever. Aside from, like, oh, no, never mind. I take that back. I was going to say Winky, but Winky's kind of, like, a pretty, pretty significant, pretty significant. In the book. There's a lot of fucking, like, really good story and, like, exposition in that whole thing, dude. That, that doesn't for get... Goblet of Fire. Well, then, uh, have you started Order of the Phoenix again? I just started, yeah. Okay, so Winky, I mean, there's good stuff in there, too. Like, I mean, you've read the books before, right? Like, in the past. Oh, well, yeah, when I was a fucking kid. And so, like, you know? Winky's so, a fucking drunk. Yeah, a drunk. An total alcoholic drunk. house elf. She's and you don't include that in the movies? Come on. That's why, like, going back and then touching back on what me and Jose have talked about before in, like, prior episodes, that's why I think, like, a long-form series uh, depicting the fucking books would be fucking amazing. And I don't even need a live-action show. Give me, like, an no, animated get it animated. version. Get it like, animated. You're not going to be able to replace the characters this soon, live-action. Like, it's just going to be fresh in your head. Like, that's Harry. In Goblet of Fire... Why wouldn't you depict the third task and ha not include the Sphinx? Right. Why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> like, that's pretty important. There's so much there contextually that they took out that I was like... Especially, like... What with, the fuck? <laughs> with him and Cedric, like, that whole conversation between them, like, you take it, no, you take it. In the movie, it's just like, take it. No. Okay, together. But yeah. in the book, it's this whole ass, like, nah, man, like, you had my back here. Well, I wouldn't be here if you didn't do this. And it's like, it's just so much deeper and so much more meaningful when he then gets killed. That's why there's so much there that it's like, why? Why not include it? I mean, I get for like time. Yeah. And then I guess maybe just because of the way that it would translate to, to you know, feature length film. Yeah. You know, in contrast to that, for Lord of the Rings, they didn't include Tom Bombadil, who to me is has always been a fucking hitter for the series, like for the world of, of Lord of the Rings. But I believe it was like in an interview with Peter Jackson, he was basically like, people won't understand who or what Tom Bombadil is because he's just too enigmatic of a character. So like he won't translate well. And then I guess just certain things like within Harry Potter, people maybe wouldn't understand. It's kind of like the Witcher. The, yeah. This newest season of the Witcher is like a lot of fans had backlash about it. Cause they were like, why, like, why would you go like so far, like stray so far away from like the source material, you know? 
Because they did just their own fucking thing. They were like, no, nah, let's, you know, let's like, do this. They, they took the premise of the, some of the stories and then changed it to fit. Because like a big example of that was the whole idea of um, let's have Siri, let's have her kill every fucking Witcher at Kaer Morhen. Which in the books, there's not many there. Yeah. Let's go ahead and kill off like some of the main ones. Fucking um, es- being Eskel. Eskel. That what fucked me up. To- <laughs> when we watched it, I was kind of like pissed off. I was like, oh, well, I haven't finished the book. So let's see how they bring him back. In the books, the, the sequence of getting to Kaer Morhen, to paraphrase, he's described as like basically the second to Geralt. He's, he's right-hand man. Like by all accounts, he's he probably looks like a fucking Mexican guy, you know. Like if we're if we're talking in in terms of like the game, Eskel probably just looks like a Mexican dude. Yeah. But he's like, oye, <laughs> Netflix needs to hire us to do the Spanish dub of Witcher. How there's a guy watching a suburban in the fucking <laughs> game. I don't know. It's like the idea of that. I think for me, it's just contextually how you utilize the source material. Basically, it's just the umbrella fucking thing I'm, that I'm getting at. But there is like a lot of things that are depicted in, in the book series of like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings that I'm like, why the fuck would you do that? What are we watching, reading, listening to? So I've been listening to uh, Harry Potter yep. with my wife. So if we're both in the car or we're like cleaning or something, we'll throw on Harry Potter. I got her sucked into Audible, so I'm really happy about that. Yeah, I love Audible. Dadless podcast, Audible. And then uh, when I'm not with her, so if like on my way to work or at work or something, I'll listen to uh, Ranger's Apprentice, really good series. It's like kind of young adult, so it's not like super violent and gory. But it's not childish either. It's kind of that in between. So it's pretty good. I like that. And they're shorter books. So it's not like these big chunky books that you have to like try and get through. Kind of like anime. You don't have to say they're chunky. Okay. Hey, all right. You got me. <laughs> we, don't, we, don't, we don't size shame here. Hey, don't okay? get me wrong. I like, I like a nice big like fat that. book. <laughs> all right. When I was younger, I was going through big fat books like crazy. I love a big fucking veiny book. It looks like a giant dick. Yeah. Take a look out of starboard. Oh my god, it looks like a huge pecker. Oh yeah. Girthy. But uh, you know. You need both hands for it. That looks just like an enormous wang. Pay attention. And I mean, the real deal is definitely what you prefer. You don't like the artificial ones. Whatever you can get your hands on is what you, you use. But yeah, so Avengers Apprentice is good. They're like shorter, but not super short. They're just a good little balance. Nice quick little listen and you get through them pretty quickly. Watching, uh, still working on my first watch through beginning to end of Naruto. And then we picked up new season of Demon Slayer and Attack on Titan. How are you liking Demon Slayer right now? Really good. What episode are you on? We we're caught up. We caught just up haven't watched uh, today's. Yeah, we haven't watched today's. Today yet. being Sunday, the new episode. Yeah. So we haven't watched today's, but we watched everything else up until then. Yeah, Danny. Uh, watching. I've been rewatching American Dad. Already twelve seasons in since uh, our last. Jesus so. Christ. <laughs> Ricky Spanish. And then reading. I've still have not managed to find a physical copy of that last Dragon Watch book. So I've oh, not okay. finished the series. Amazon. But 
I guess that's true. Prime that shit, dude. I like to go to Barnes and Noble. I have the, the physical. I have the book. membership and everything. I still have the card in my wallet. Yeah, me too. So, so reading so lately. <laughs> Waiting uh, for that to come back. <laughs> or rereading the series called The Seven Realms mm-hmm. by Cinda Williams Chima. It's a bit more romance heavy than what I normally read, but still a good read. It's uh, more of a not so much like action heavy. It's more of like political. got more political intrigue going on. I'm rereading that because for Christmas I got the sequel series, The Shattered Realms. That so sounds cool. I'm intending yeah. to read that, but I feel the drive to reread the original series first. My three-year-old just got into Ninja Turtles because of myself. Nice. Watching nice. a lot of Ninja Turtles. Turtle power. You know, I know it's a big thing in like the kind of the nerd community when something gets re-upped, like Pokemon. Yeah. Fuck, kill it already. The same thing for everything. Thundercats. And they just did He-Man recently. I guess that's really good. From what it was read, bad. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just Reddit. I don't know. Um, but I've, I've been curious to watch it. Because so. when when that last, well, the story that they continued from, when it was still going on, um, I was maybe like in eighth or ninth grade. And I was really into it. So I was curious to pick it up and watch it again. But um, Ninja Turtles, a lot of them, I, I honestly like a lot of the ones that they've released. I find like, no, I don't differentiate any of them because it's all the same characters. As far as anime, I'm still kind of chugging along with Black Clover. Just a little more than halfway done. Take your time. Yeah, I'm in the 80s. It's on, it's on hiatus, apparently. Yeah, I'm in which a lot of series. I'm just about to finish Fire Force. Oh, yeah, we, we were going to pick that up, too. Sick, dude. Yeah? Jesus, it's so fucking good. Animation is fucking amazing. And again, it's one of those ones. Basically, everything I've picked up, Demon Slayer, Jujutsu Kaisen, Fire Force, Black Clover, Promise Neverland, everything is just fucking done, you know? Well, I like that they're continuing these, though, because, like, I remember, like, even, like, six, seven years ago, a lot of animes that were coming out were just one-and-done seasons or two seasons, and that was a stretch. Well, Promise Neverland is just, like, done-done, from what I understand. Well, that's a singular story, kind of. Or I think think the manga's around. I don't know. But yeah, like I like that a lot of these animes coming out now because it's gained such popularity are ongoing multiple yeah. seasons. But Fire Force, I definitely recommend. That's been the the latest show aside from like finishing up Black Clover and then keeping up with Demon Slayer and One Piece right now. We never we never finished uh, Black Clover. We got like with COVID, it like went on break and then it came back. But it didn't come back for that long. But we never picked it back up, and so we picked it back up recently. And I'm like ready to power through hell episodes, right? Then I get to like the the final episode. And I'm like, yo, this is giving me final episode vibes. So I look it up and I'm like, god damn it, it's on fucking hiatus. Yeah, I'm like on episode 80 right now. I don't even know what, how many seasons there are. I know there's only like 160 something episodes. Yeah. Something like that. 170. Yeah. And so I'm like in the 80s right now. So I'm kind of just chugging along. Fire Force though, definitely. Check it out. And then uh, Audible, yeah, the Harry Potter series right now. Audible has like their Audible series that comes yeah. out. And um they have uh, Dracula I'm listening to Dracula nice which is cool as Tim Curry Alan Cummings uh, I have like my weekly podcast that I listen to but Fire Force definitely gotcha and uh, the Harry Potter series on Audible really good yep and Jim Dale fantastic narrator like video games Call of Duty Call of Duty <laughs> but not, super casual too not much for me right now just a lot of like mobile games honestly no. but nothing too crazy yeah I have a busy slate in terms of video games because I've been playing Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth long game I've never played through the entire game in less than 50 hours then I intend to play the sequel game which I've never played before at the same time I'm playing Witcher 3 hey I've been thinking about picking it up again 
But yeah. I'm trying 100% at this time. I've never 100%ed it before. Oh, neither I'm trying 100% at this time. <laughs> but on the 28th, Pokemon Legends Arceus yep. comes out. We're getting that mailed in. Fuck yeah. Seven days later, Dying Light 2 is dropping. Exactly two weeks after that, Horizon Forbidden West comes out. I've yep. been just been that game for years. But you guys have PS5, huh? Yeah. yeah and then... I have to wait. Like a week after that is Elden Ring. So, busy slate in terms of video games. I was thinking of picking up Borderlands again, too. I never finished... I, the pre-sequel we didn't get very far into it but still i i love the fucking borderline series hilarious series hey the books are fucking good too dude the books are hella good yeah like i said a quick little riff episode we're sitting in our little recording space got some new equipment to test out thank you guys for tuning in once this does come out thank you guys for tuning in as always i am the elder jose the dad daddy dungeon master we'll catch you guys on the next one thank you ching ching You killed my father. Prepare to die. Confirming mock! I am a trial! You are beaten. It is useless to resist. Don't let yourself be destroyed. Offer me everything I ask for. Anything you want. I want my father back, you son of a bitch. I do not want That's my son! Someone was killed today because of what you did. I know. How about another joke, Murray? Fuck you. What do you seem to understand? I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me! This is the end of my job war. I understand you, Actually, we're all sick of you say that. You should have your revenge. Good night, and always remember, that's my-